0: Welcome to the Producer Podcast. My name is Kevin Kistner. I will be writing solo for this episode today. So you get a lot of me today. So what I wanted to do was really dive into something that's happened recently. And that was the retirement of the great Sandy Clough. Sandy Clough has been not only an inspiration to me in this this business, but an inspiration to a lot of people. I, I can say that for a fact and he is he announced his retirement recently but i haven't had a chance to you know say thank you enough to him you know i put a nice little message out on twitter a little thread but on this episode i really want to dive in and give it a little tribute to him but dive into stories that you guys might not have might not have heard from behind the scenes or or even on air that he's told on air um, but you know, I've I've had a chance to really work with Sandy over the years, and um, you know, I started in this business back in 2011, and it, so that's gosh, what's been? I'm going on my 11th 11th year in this business. That's it's crazy to think about. But I interned here at the Fan back in 2011 during the Tim Tebow season, and then the off season going into Peyton Manning in his first training camp. But I'll never forget. Hearing all these stories about Sandy Clough, my dad you know my dad grew up listening to Sandy Clough, and he would tell me, man, we'd be on the school bus riding home and he'd be on there talking about the Broncos and bashing the Broncos and and all this good stuff, and I'll never forget sitting there I'm like man sandy Sandy might scare me, and I'll never forget I was here in the radio station, I was out in the lobby, and this is the first time I ever see saw who Sandy Clough was, and Sandy was. I'm sitting there because I was in I was interviewing for um I believe it was a promo, in a promotions internship up the, with KYGO up the hall. And I I remember sitting there like super nervous and I heard this person get out of the ve- the elevator talking to somebody else and I was like that's Sandy Clough. And that was the first time I was like, "Oh my gosh, like that's the legend right there." And I'm scared. <laughs> I was really scared. But as time went on and I finally got to work with Sandy Clough. And I'll tell you, I really got to know Sandy when I was working the front desk. And for a lot of you that don't know, I was I started off here as a part-time employee working the front desk. I was a receptionist for for uh Lincoln Financial Media, and then it became Bonneville International here. And I was working the front desk for so if you came in to get a prize there's a good chance you probably saw me, you know, at that front desk. And over the years, I would talk, or not years, over the time I was working there, I'd see Sandy come in. And I knew when these guys were all coming in. So I knew, hey, I got to get to know these guys. I got to build relationships with them. And so I I really started talking to Sandy Clough, you know, quite a bit. Because he was, at the time, he was going on from 12 to 3. And I never forget... I would talk to him going in before the show. I would talk to him after the show, possibly, depending on what my shift was like. And I really got to talk to him and just break down Bronco games and react to things. Or, hey, did you hear about this? Or did you hear about that? And there would be times he would say, hey, can you print that for me? And I'd print it, you know, give it to him. I was pretty much producing the show from the front desk. I mean, I was giving him more stuff. I There was a producer one time. I forgot his name. But he came out. Of the studio came all the way to the front desk to talk to me and said hey where did you f- find this article at or where did you hear this audio at and sure enough i would like help out you know so i was producing sandy from the front desk but as time went on as i was a board op and and moving into the producer world i was i interviewed to be sandy club's producer when he went to late night and sure enough I was work. I ended up getting the job as Sandy Clough's producer from nine to 11, and it turned into nine to 12 um, over the, over time. And I'll never forget working with Sandy Clough because you get to learn so much about the business, about how Sandy's brain works. And it, look, I'll say this right now. For anyone out there that thinks, man, Sandy Clough, he's such a mean person. He's so rude to listeners and all that stuff. It's completely false. All right? Sandy would sit after shows texting everybody uh, that text in, and he would reach back out to be, reach back out to them. That's just who Sandy was. He would take time out of his day to talk to the listeners on the text line. It's a good thing he didn't have Twitter because he would be reaching out to Twitter uh, to people reaching out to him on Twitter. He would reach out back out to them all day long, and it would, his, his thumbs might fall off for, from so much tweeting and stuff. But my favorite thing about Sandy is every day before the show, I would give him a call. You didn't know how long you were going to be on the phone with Sandy Clough. There would be days where I would be in my room at home calling Sandy, written everything down of what I thought we would be talking about to get ready for the show, and he would come up with another idea. And from there, it was kind of like, what's the theme of the show going to be today or tonight? And it was going to be, hey, I really want to pound on the running back situation. So for three hours, we would sit there during the show and come up with all these stats and all this info and stuff to make your the argument Sandy was going to make. And it would be... He would make references to possibly, the you know, I'm just using the Broncos running back as an example. You know, he would possibly go out and find stats from Trell Davis in this offense. He would go find quotes from former coaches, from Bill Walsh, who ran the West Coast offense. He would go and find quotes and stats and sayings from these legendary people, and it would help back his argument up. But then he would use audio from Coach Hackett Again, using him as an example, he would find audio of the head coach. We would play clips of that, and you know, and react to the running backs. You know, it was stuff like that that just really was like, "Wow, this is how Sandy's brain really works." And you would be on the phone with Sandy at least an hour, and it would be stuff where he would read the dang article to me, and I would be like, "Oh, you know," and and the back of my head, I'm like sitting there thinking, I was like. I could easily say this is annoying, but it. But at the end of the day, it really wasn't because I was learning so much from the great Sandy Clough. Okay, and I know there's a million stories that he has told on air, and a million stories that all of you listeners have with Sandy Clough, and and you guys can tweet a tweet at me at Kissing Radio. I want to hear those stories. Send them my way because I do want to hear those. Because he is a legend in this town. He's been here since the 70s, you know? So he remembers all this history of the Broncos. And quite frankly, I got to learn more about the Broncos. I got to learn stories that – of how, you know, uh, how Dan Reeves used to operate. I used to learn about how John Elway was almost traded one time to Washington, you know? There were – there were stories that I got to learn, and some of them I can't necessarily say on air because they are a little off-the-record type stories. But, you know, I, I will say working with Sandy was, was amazing. And me and him had a good groove, man. And I'll never forget, Sandy Clough and I, one year, it was during the Vance Joseph, one of the Vance Joseph years, and we took the late-night show to number two. That's never really been done. And then the next month we went to number one and I'm like, and I walked in to Sandy and I said, Hey, Sandy, congratulations on getting the, on the show, being number one in ratings. And I'll never forget that I, this, this still hits me today because you never, I never knew how a part of a show I really was. I always thought like, Hey, yeah, you produce a show, but you know, Hey, uh, They get the ratings, you know, they're the ones doing all the work. And I'll never forget. He goes, I go, Sandy, congratulations on getting number one. And he goes, no, Kev, congratulations to you too. You're part of this. And that's when it kind of hit me. It was like, wow. Like, okay, I am part of this duo. You know, this isn't just the Sandy Club show. It's Kevin and Sandy working on this show. And we took this show from no rating from ESPN radio to – Number one in the month of February one year, and I thought that was so cool, and that was my first number one show that I was ever a part of. And since then, I've been part of multiple number one shows here throughout the station. Hopefully, we get Soakley and Zach up there now. But I'll never forget one one night. Okay, and and it's gonna, I'm going to bring Dmac into this conversation. Um, I'm going to bring his name in because there was one every night after the show. This one we were nine to eleven. It was just a two hour show, but I would, I would be after the show's done. I would get on the next the side computer, and I would podcast the show. I would podcast the two hours, and every night Sandy would sit in the studio where he does the show, and he would watch the news or TV or you know whatever he he was watching that night, and he would just sit there. And just to kind of hang out. It'd be eleven forty five every night. You know, there are times I beat him out of the studio, but we'd sit there, and there were times we would just sit and talk, and we had great conversations. But then one night, and it was the only night I remember that he ever did this. Eleven oh five, Sandy's gone. He gone, and I'm like, what? Sandy left early. oh okay. all right. See ya, Sandy. You know. And then next thing you know, my phone is going off like. Bzzz. You know, it's just, it's not like a phone call. It's just a bunch of like tweets or text messages. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, no, nothing. There's no big breaking news happening, right? Sure enough, I get a a phone call off our hotline number. And it's, uh, it's our old buddy, Johnny Love, who was working here at the time for the website. And Johnny goes, uh, you might want to get Sandy back on the air. And this is like 1115, right? Sandy's gone. I'm like, what what are you talking about? He's like, check your phone. And I'll never forget. I looked down, and I checked my phone out, and the Broncos had agreed to terms with Case Keenum. That was the breaking news. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, now I'm calling Sandy. But the thing with Sandy is he never always had his phone on. You know, I'm like, Sandy, you know you can just leave it on and just charge it. You know, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever charged the phone. And it, and he had the old flip phone. He, There was one time I think he went to a touch screen and he went back to the flip phone. And he, All you people that text, remember the T9 where you had to press number seven four times to get the letter S? That is still how Sandy Clough texts. And I love that about him. Only him and Andrew Luck are the only two guys that still have flip phones in this world. I, I truly believe that. But that night is when Mac came flying in with my – our old boss Armin Williams and 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 uh, Johnny Love, and we just went live for six straight hours. Me and DMAC, and that, and it was all because Sandy had left. And I told a buddy of mine that, and he goes, "Oh no, Sandy knew about it. He just didn't want want to work anymore, so he took off." And I was like, "You know what? If he had any inside information, and didn't tell me, I'm gonna be mad." And I've never talked to him about that. But that was one night where Sandy just left early. I was like, what a coincidence Sandy Clough left early. But I also want to talk about, you know, Sandy is such a great person off away from the mic. I I want you people to understand that Sandy Clough is one of the most genuine people on the face of the earth. I've had issues where I've, you know, I've, I've had, you know, personal stuff, you know, and, and I've, Talk to Sandy. There, there'd be days I would text him like, "Hey, could I call you?" He's like, "Yeah, of course." And I'd call, and we'd be on the phone for forty-five minutes, not even talking about sports. We would talk about, you know, stuff about work, you know, and you know, and it would be like, "Hey, man, I I messed up on this. Like, what? What do you think?" And he'd be like, "No, dude, just you know, do it this way, or don't worry about that." You know, he gave me so much career advice over the years, and I still consider. Sandy Clough, one of my better friends and i and I truly believe that you know i've been to sandy's house I mean he's such a great guy, his family is so amazing i mean they they really are, and the chances I've gotten to chat with them briefly, you know they're so fun and I will say, Sandy Clough is one of the most funniest people, and I don't know if I said that word correctly, but he is one of the most funniest people you will ever meet his um, his comedy on air, his little shots that he'll throw are hilarious. I mean, it's 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 dry humor, but you gotta catch it, man. I mean, he will bash some of these NFL players, and and look, I'll tell you a story right now, and he's told it on air, but I'm gonna tell you my side of that story because he just said it recently, but I want to talk about it again. A few years ago, before COVID and all that crap happened, we were doing the fan golf tour. And we did, it, we did it this year, and I was able to make it out for one. But if you have not done it, by the way, every year, every summer, it's a must. You get to play at some of the best courses in Colorado, right? So me, Sandy, and my good buddy Taylor Oxenfeld, who used to be a board op here and producer, We were up at TPC Colorado, way up, and I I believe it's up in Loveland. So it's a ways, it's 45 minutes north of Thornton. So imagine where it is here in the Tech Center. You know, that's a good hour and a half drive. And, man, we get up there. Okay, this is probably my third or fourth round ever playing golf. Probably my third round. I don't know my clubs, okay? I I have no idea what my clubs are. And I'm still learning. I'm still a beginner at golf. And we're, we started on like, I want to say it was like the 16th hole. Cause we were doing, it was like, it was a giant scramble. And if you, <laughs> Sandy is so fun to golf with. Huh? <laughs> he, he, he's hilarious. And so we get up to this par three, it's downhill, like really far downhill, you know, maybe 150 yards. If that, maybe it after everything, it might've been like 90 yards. You know, if you count in the elevation and all that stuff. So see, so Taylor is a really good golfer, and he would tell me usually what club to use. So that's how I was kind of just – he was kind of my caddy without being my caddy. But there was this one time I get up there, and Taylor's gone. He's like, I'm going to hit up from these other tees. I'm like, dude, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. And Sandy gets up, and he hits one, and it's just – just to the left of the green. He you ju- you just missed it by a couple of feet. And so I get up there. I tee it up. But I don't tee it up too much. I'm about, you know, a centimeter out of the ground. And I put the ball down. Well, I didn't know what club to use, right? So Kevin's thinking, hey, it's a par three. I'll pull out a three iron. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, right? And all you people who are listening right now are like, that are real golfers, are like, you idiot. I know. I get up there and I crush this. And I, I didn't even go to the driving range yet. This was my first tee shot. This was my first shot of the day because I was, I think I was doing something down here at the station and had to run all the way up there. And I crushed this, but I lost it. I didn't know where it went. And I just know it felt really good. And I hear, because Sandy was down by his ball, he ended up walking down there. And I'll never forget. Sandy yells back, What did you just use? And I was like, Uh, and I look at my club, I'm like, Uh, three iron. Why would you use that? And he's down by the hole and he's screaming this up. I'm like, I don't know. I go, Where'd the ball go? And there's this giant water, just giant lake behind it, behind the hole. He goes, About 50 yards into the water that way. I'm like, Oh, I was like, dang, I crushed that one. He goes, why would you use a three iron? Like, I don't know. I know I, I'm still learning my clubs. And then from that day on, I knew how to use clubs. I knew what each club meant. And uh, <laughs> he never let that story go because we get every time we ran into some, some people on the golf course, he told them of what I did. We got back. We finished the our round. And we were we were one of the last people to finish the round. We got up there to turn our our golf cart in, and he tells the guy, the one of the workers, he goes, You're not gonna believe what this guy just did. And I was like, Oh my god. And the guy goes, Why would you do that? I was like, Because I didn't know what I was doing yet. And now I do know. So I will never make that uh I'll never make that mistake again. But Sandy came in a, while, a couple months ago after he was up at TPC and he played that legendary hole, he calls it the Kevin Kistner hole now. And he mentioned it on air, but he comes in the studio and he goes, I played the legendary Kevin Kistner hole at TPC. He's like, Oh my gosh. And he goes, you might've cleared that lake with the, with the when you hit that ball. And I'll never forget. It was just one of the, the funniest stories. I, I I'll ever remember. And, and that's, a radio story, guys. That is one of those legendary radio stories, you know. And and I'll say this, man. I mean, I've worked with Sandy so many times, and I know you, a lot of you people, remember his his post game shows, his Broncos post game shows. But you also got to remember he was doing Nuggets now's post game shows for a couple years now, and those were legendary, you know, because he was really really into stuff. And I'll tell you this. You have never watched a football game until you've watched with Sandy Clough. Because Sandy Clough will yell at the TV. There were times I thought <laughs> he's gonna hate me for this. There were times I thought he was gonna pull that TV off the wall. And we <laughs> and the TV we have in the studio, it's kind of in the corner. It's not in the great, the best spot, but it's uh it's kind of in a weird spot. And uh it's it's kind of in the corner, but I don't I don't know if it's I think if you bump it, it might fall off the wall. I don't know, but it's like a seventy inch in there, so it, that's what makes it even more crazy. But um, but yeah, man. So I'm watching games and he's yelling at the TV. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm cutting up audio and all this crazy stuff. But you know, it's 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 crazy of how passionate this guy is with sports. And it's to the point where we have other two other TVs over the years that we have in our – we call it our bullpen area out by out behind the studios. And there's two big TVs there, like 70-inches. But Sandy will watch two games. He'll pull up on the computer, like the win probability of the, of nearly every drive. So when you guys heard Sandy go, well, at this point they had an 87% chance to win until they muffed the punt, and then this is what this team did. Sandy's charting all this in real time and he's got the TV loud so he could hear the announcers and mention quotes that they say and write it down. And he's got all of his notes are in different colors. That's the other thing, man. All of his notes are in different colors because he's got one of those pens that when you click it, it changes colors. You know, he's, there's like five or six different colors on there and each color meant something different. You know, every, and it was very organized. I mean, I didn't know what, I couldn't read his handwriting very well, but it was organized, and it was color-coordinated. So Sandy knew what to do. So I will say this, you know, in, in learning from Sandy Clark, from watching games to listening to the commentary and just doing research, I mean, that, that I think that was a big thing that I learned, was learning how to research sports because of Sandy. You know, and we've had so many fun times. You know, we've gotten to lunch a number of times, and we just, you know, we just talk, man. We can talk for hours. There are days where I would be running in the studio for just something, and I'd see Sandy in here, and next thing you know, we'd be reacting to the Broncos game if I didn't see him that so far that week. And it'd be like a 30-minute conversation. Like, Sandy, I got to go. Like, I got other stuff I got to do, but I love chatting with you. You know, so I do want to say from the bottom of my heart, Thank you so much, Sandy Clough. Thank you not only for what you've done to the city of Denver, what you've done to the radio business here in De- in Colorado, but the stuff you've done that's impacted me. That is, it's unbelievable, and I can't say how thankful I am to, as one of the youngest people ever in this radio station's history, to be working with Sandy Clough. You know, the age barrier probably wasn't, very close. And I'm not calling him old. I'm just saying it was a big age barrier. But, man, did we connect like he was uh, like he was my age, man. And he was hip. He was hip, man. We played music, and he'd, he'd, he'd get into it. He'd get into it. I, I kid you not. He, he would get into it. So that is going to do it for us here on this podcast. But I just wanted to give a tribute, and I want to give a shout-out to the great Sandy Clough for being such an amazing person. Was for having such an amazing radio career and helping the fan get to where it needs to be. Because the 104.3, the fan, would not be where it's at if it wasn't for Sandy Clough, having a big impact on it. And I truly mean that. And that's a... Not only do I believe it, it's a dang fact. So if if you ever... If you see Sandy out there, just say thank you. And just give him a big hug for me. I'm going to... I, I have, I haven't talked to him since his retirement, but after after this episode, I will be giving him a call because I, I wanted to give him a few days. I, I knew his phone was going to be blowing up, but I wanted to sit down and actually have a conversation with him and tell him how thankful I am to work with him. So that is going to do it on this episode of the Producer Podcast. Uh, my name is Kevin Kistner. This is DenverFan.com. We got Ty Fuji and Kamaje Granderson, aka KJ the Goat. <laughs> I think that's his Twitter handle. They will be doing the episode on Tuesday, so stay tuned for that and uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming so stay tuned. This is the producer podcast on denverfan dot com